Some say they're the result of failed parenting strategies. Others say they're addicted to their phones, narcissistic, and entitled. The Western Michigan Whitecaps celebrated them by giving the first thousand people to come watch the team's baseball game a participation trophy. Oh, you know, we just really want a participation trophy. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's, been a, it's been a long week of hard work, and uh, I really feel like we really deserve something. Yeah. They job hop, have no loyalty, and want to have an impact. Yet their greatest invention just might be the selfie. Consultants everywhere just can't stop talking about them. Millennials want you to think they're special, but maybe, just maybe, they're just like the rest of us. This show is all about separating hype from fundamental change. I'm Paul Jarley, Dean of the College of Business here at UCF. I've got lots of questions. To get answers, I'm talking to people with interesting insights into the future of business. Have you ever wondered, is this really a thing? On to our show. Like all data-driven decision makers, I'm sensitive to the differences in my staff's dispositions when assigning them tasks. A few examples. Tiffany is an Aries like me. Anyone who knows Tiff recognizes that she needs to be in a leadership position to satisfy her need for control. I believe I'm tough. I believe I can negotiate extremely well. But if Tiff is an Aries, she's also cold-hearted, reckless, and ruthless. Oh my heavens, no, I hope not. And then there's the Aries' legendary ability to deliver bad news. Every day I try to look for the sunshine. Yeah, not her. My associate dean of learning, Ford Jones, is a Libra. Like all Libras, he's extremely intellectual and needs a job that is mentally stimulating. Libras are excellent networkers and take a look at every aspect of the job before completing it. But if Ford's a Libra, that should also mean he's resentful, overindulgent, spiteful, indecisive, and gullible. At times, but most times, no. <laughs> that doesn't sound like Ford. Libras sound more like Catbird, the evil HR manager from Dilbert. Good thing I took Ford out of that role. <laughs> that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? No one in their right mind would assign people jobs based on their astrological sign. I don't know a single reputable management consultant that argues we need to tailor our company HR policies and people's roles to their birth month. But I do know a ton that say we should vary these same policies based on people's birth year. They say things like this. Uh, one of the things that we've teased out is that diversity and flexibility are the key to loyalty. Uh, the, the younger workers, the younger of the, of the millennials, um, feel that they are unprepared for Industry 4.0. Bob Dana sits on my Dean's Advisory Board. He's a retired managing director at Deloitte. Bob has spent much of his career studying people in the workplace. We'll hear much more from him a bit later. For the record, there are seven living generations in America today, but practically speaking, just four are currently in the workplace. Baby boomers were born between 1946 and 1964. Generation Xers were born between 1965 and 1979. Millennials were born between 1980 and 1994. And Generation Z, people who were born between 1995 and 2012. Right now, the millennials are the ones making the news. The boomers are retiring. Nobody ever thinks about Generation X. And Generation Z is really just getting to adulthood. So if you want to position yourself as a management consultant who is in the know about generations and make money doing it, you focus on millennials. They're a very large group entering the primes of their career. But are they really different? Or is all this generational advice what Sheldon Cooper might call, just as I suspected, nothing but hokum. To find out, I started at the source. 
millennials themselves. My name is John Paul Enriquez and I'm a junior in the College of Business. I'm Irene Lantigua, I'm a junior. Uh, my name's Austin Horton. I didn't have to go far to get their take. Well, the first thing I gotta say is that we definitely always use our phones. We're attached to technology like never before. And uh, something else is apparently we are, we feel like we're entitled to a lot of things. We're entitled to more than what we deserve. The last thing is we lack social intelligence compared to other generations. What I think about the things that sets me millennials apart would be the technology as well. Another different thing that sets generations apart will be the culture and what each generation, like uh, current events in each generation were. Um, we're impatient, confused, and challenged. Rather than entitled, I think impatient's a better word because a lot of millennials... They just want things done fast. It's not like they feel they deserve it. It's just they feel they deserve it quicker. Attached to technology, entitled or impatient, socially awkward in face-to-face -face situations, confused, challenged, and lost. Adulting is hard. Good Lord. How did they get this way? Professor Libby Mostain is chair of the UCF sociology department. So I think that I think there are some differences in values. She stresses the importance of early life experiences. There are historical things that happen, you know, period effects, if you will, mm -hmm. that actually do impact the way people grow up and the way people respond to the experiences that they've had. I think a couple of really important things that have happened with millennials is technology. I mean, we are so, you know, think about when we were growing up. I was telling my kids the other day, I was like, here you are walking around with a smartphone. All of your friends have one. When I was your age, I had a phone that was tacked to the wall. And if I wanted any privacy at all, I had to like hope the cord was long enough and I could go around the corner and talk on the phone. And then inevitably my sister would come and interrupt me and say, I need time on the phone. Today, we have nothing like that. We just call each other our own little personal thing. And then there's Google. You can find out information wherever, whenever, whatever today. All of that is so impactful, I think, on this, on a generation. Bob sees things a little differently. He believes long-run industry and technology cycles create pairs of generations that tend to repeat themselves over time. I think that, that, that we're on a major cycle that's probably 40 or 50 years in length, including the technology cycle. If you think of, of the technology revolution that was going on in the 70s, that the, the, the boomers uh, really kind of drove a big portion of that. And now looking at the industry 4.0, uh, all of the, uh, the, the, the automation and connectivity and AI and cognitive technologies and robotics that the, that, that the millennials will drive and are starting to drive. There's some real parallels to that. But the, the, the smaller generations that followed both, the Xers and, the, and now the Zs, probably going to generally fall in, in behind those, those major genera generations. But uh, it's not only kind of the generational element, but the cycle uh, is probably more like a 40 or 50 year cycle than just a, a generational cycle, a single generational cycle. Baby boomers and millennials share characteristics because they kicked off technology cycles, while Generation Xers and Zs are similar because they closed out these cycles. I think there's a number of uh, defining features uh, for both of those groups 
that actually parallel quite interestingly the uh, the characteristics that were that were uh, associated with both the the boomers and the uh, the Gen Xs. I'll just go through them really quickly. Millennials were uh, were seen as optimistic. Uh, Gen Z are now starting to see be seen as realistic. And think about boomers and, and, and Xers as I'm going through here as well. We're going to give you some common contrast between boomers and Xers along the way, so you can compare. Nothing scientific. Boomers, optimistic. Xers, pragmatic. Uh, millennials, are collaborative. Uh, Gen Z, uh, independent. Boomers, consensus. Xers, independent. Millennials, uh, digital pioneers. Gen Z, digital natives. Boomers, early IT adopters. Xers, digital immigrants. When it comes to millennials, uh, they're very public. Uh, we're seeing on the Gen Z, they're becoming more private. Eh, I got nothing here. Bob's right. Some of his contrasts have obvious parallels between boomers and Xers, but others, well, they just don't seem to fit. For example, social media didn't exist in the baby boomer generation X era, so the privacy contrast that seemed to differentiate millennials from Zers just doesn't apply to the two earlier generations. Makes you wonder, are all these labels really accurate? Libby Mustaine points to some limitations of this research. What are the millennials like? And we come up with some list of characteristics. Some of them are a little bit stereotypical because we don't all have all of them, you know? I think there's definitely limitations because, I mean, society does not, like, do a complete 180 every 25 years. And I think a lot of times with generations, the, the differences with the generation is are, are the younger people. And as you get older you begin to lose perhaps some of your uniquenesses. These differences might fade pretty quickly. Bill Steiger, head of our professional selling program, sees no real differences across generations of college students in what they want in a career. Uh, I just studied the 2000 business students here at UCF with regard to what are their expectations for their first job? What are they looking for? What's important to them? And what I found is some of the basis of my study was a questionnaire used 10 years ago with Gen Xers. And guess what? Four of the top five things that were most important were exactly the same. Number one was the job itself. In other words, a meaningful job. Number two was a defined career path. Uh, Number three uh, was um, supervision. Number four was comp. It was the only extrinsic motivator in the top five. And the other one was, fifth one was personal development. So supervision was about feedback? Is that what you're... A, a, a defined, a defined uh, feedback loop. And in business, the, the days of the annual performance appraisal are over. They're done. Nobody in their right mind, even with boomers, wants an annual performance appraisal. The serious empirical work on generations is far from conclusive. Listen to Dr. Chris Leo from our integrated business program. There's a lot of conflict with this. So you've got... One researcher uh, by the name of Dr. Um, Gene Twangy, who's written a book called The Me Generation and, and sold over 100,000 copies, and she purports that her research supports that there are generational or cohort differences. Which generation does she think is the me generation? That would be the millennial generation. So right. it's really interesting to note that the original me generation were the baby boomers. And, and this is the other problem, is how do you define... Millennials versus Gen Y versus Gen X, there are a lot of different authors and researchers that have different definitions. I mean, some Pew research says that millennials start from 1981. Other researchers say 1970. So there's no agreement among researchers as to how do we clearly define these generational cohorts. 
Um, but you, in the other camp, you've got a researcher by the name of David Costanza, who's at George Washington University, says, look, there's no empirically sound research that is able to pull out time effects and age effects versus just looking at a generational cohort. If the research on generational differences is so shaky, why do people keep wanting to talk about it? Bill Steiger offers one explanation. It's fun to talk about. I think that's one of the reasons why it's evident in popular press. And it, in fact, provides some basis to explain what is inexplicable, which is the way that people behave. Chris Leo says, maybe it's the almighty dollar. This is big business. There are generational consultants. There's, I mean, the author that I mentioned, she sold 115,000 copies of her book. Nobody in the College of Business is against making a buck. But both Chris and Bill agree that basing your HR policies on generational differences is a very dangerous thing to do. I think any situation where you make an assumption based upon how the other person is going to react, if you make that assumption before you ask questions, you listen, you are going to find yourself in some deep water because people don't behave the way that fundamentally they always behave within a generation. Chris explains this concern in greater detail. I think that it leads us to stereotyping. We cannot assume that a person who was born in 1981 that may have these stereotypical characteristics to be like another person or to be different from a person who was born as a Gen Xer. So we would say that uh, like a common stereotype is, well, you know, the millennial generations are more tech savvy. Well, I mean, that's not to say that a Gen Xer may not be as tech savvy. You never look at the average and then apply that average to the individual. That's dangerous. Great. If this is all hokum, what do I tell my millennials, all of whom believe they're part of a special generation destined for greatness? Well, <laughs> I mean, you know, my per- I think we're, I mean, I think every generation is great. I think every generation is special. Everyone is unique, but the recipe for for success doesn't change whether you're in this generation or that generation it's hard work and it's persistence and it's taking risks smart risk and persisting in the face of failure chris by the way is a millennial uh, i would guess that uh last year's undefeated ucf football team scott frost didn't tell every player that they were special everybody had a role that role varies and within context of when you were born, you have a role. Whether you're special or not really is determined by you. Yes. Everything at UCF eventually does come back to our national championship football team. Both Bill and Chris might poo-poo generational research, but they both believe in period effects. And as Bob Dana notes, the times, they are a-changing. The the younger workers, the younger of the the millennials, uh, feel that they are unprepared for Industry 4.0. They expect uh, the, the, the companies they're working for uh, actually to help them prepare for Industry 4.0. So what happens after uh, everything that can be automated is automated? Everything that's turned over to AI and, and cognitive technologies has been turned over to, to AI and te- cognitive technologies. Everything that's self-service is self-service. Uh, you know, what's left for them? How are they going to now contribute in an organization? They feel unprepared to answer that question. If you're a boomer, or an Xer, you probably think you're going to be able to retire before this wave really hits. But if you're a millennial, starting the middle of your career, this scares you to death. And frankly, it keeps deans like me up at night. How do we prepare students for this great unknown? 
It's time to call the question. So do you think millennials are a thing? From Libby Mustaine. Yes, I do. From Bob Dana. I'm a big believer that, that, uh, that, that, that there are generational differences. From Chris Leo. We like using labels. From Bill Steiger. No, I don't think they're a useful thing. It's my podcast, so I get to go last. Boomers started the IT revolution. Millennials launched the digital age. These two generations have had a huge impact on our world. But that doesn't mean that they're all wired the same way. Gross generalizations are dangerous, and some things are timeless. A good job is one of them. And as far as millennials wanting things too fast, well, that sounds a lot like that old guy who tells kids to get off of his lawn. Sorry, millennials. You're not special, and you're not really a thing. Oh, heavens, I hope we didn't hurt anybody's feelings. What's your take? Check us out online and share your thoughts at business.ucf.edu slash podcast. You can also find extended interviews with our guests and notes from the show. Special thanks to my producer, Josh Miranda, and the whole team at the Office of Outreach and Engagement here at the UCF College of Business. And thank you for listening. Until next time, charge on. Internet kill the video star.